This episode is sponsored by The Kings. Thank you for all of your love and support. This week on Steadfast. On that sailboat in the Caribbean, I thought we were going to drown. And God not only spared me from dying, but he met me right where I was. And he saved my life in every way possible. Like not just physically and spiritually, but it, that's when the emotional healing started. Welcome to Steadfast. Welcome to Steadfast. Let's take the babies. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Steadfast. I'm your host, Sammy Carroll, Education Coordinator at Life Choices Women's Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona. And we are back after my Easter break. It was a good break. Good things are happening. We officially received our grant from Catholic Community Foundation for our pro-life retreat this summer up in Prescott, Arizona. And it sold out. I'm pretty stoked. Pray for us because I'm going to give these high schoolers coffee the whole retreat from our partners, Seven Weeks Coffee. Seven Weeks is an amazing pro-life coffee company named so because at seven weeks, a baby is the size of a coffee bean and they give 10% of every purchase to a pregnancy resource center. They just hit their goal of giving $100,000 to PRCs around the country and they were able to do that in just over a year. If you would like to buy some of their coffee and have 10% of your purchase, go to our education program here at Life Choices. Use our link in the show notes. If you want 10% off your purchase, use our discount code STEADFAST. Today, I got to talk to Elizabeth Bristol, who is such a beautiful soul. I was so pleasantly surprised by how much fun we had talking and how much we just instantly clicked. And what I love about her is her relationship with God. There were times when she was talking that, and she just telling me about conversations that she was having with him and she was saying he, and it took me a second for me to realize, oh, she's talking about God <laughs> because that's how close she is with him. This isn't a one-way conversation like our prayer life so often is. She's having this beautiful back and forth with him. Elizabeth shares with us her story of healing. After being date raped at just 15 years old, she made some bad decisions with drugs and alcohol, and at 17, she found herself pregnant. Although she grew up knowing that abortion was wrong, she chose to have one, and it took her 25 years to tell anybody about her abortion, and she has such an amazing story. At one point, God is talking to her on a boat out in the Caribbean after a huge storm at sea where she almost died, and Oh my gosh, God has just such a beautiful way of knowing exactly how to bring us back to himself. She wrote some of these adventures down in a book called Marry Me, One Woman's Incredible Adventure with God. That's Mary with one R, and I'm going to put that into the show notes, but it is also available on Audible, and I think that you'll agree after listening to this conversation, she's got a great voice, guys. All right, without further ado, let's get to this conversation with Elizabeth Bristol. Well, hello. Welcome to Steadfast. How are you? Thank you very much, Sammy. I am doing okay. and doing okay. And like I was just saying, I really am grateful for what you do. Because I remember thinking when I was younger, you know, if I had a mentor, if I had someone I knew who cared and I could talk to about these things, what a difference it would have made in my life. So I just bless you and thank you for having the opportunity to come and chat with you today. Well, thank you for saying that. I That's part of the reason why I love youth ministry. I just feel like someone has to love on these teens. I mean, apart absolutely. From <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, can you tell our listeners about yourself? Um, I know that we're going to talk about your experience with yeah. an abortion, but can you tell us a bit about your background and your faith yeah. and your before all this happened? Sure. I um, grew up outside of Boston and um, I went to a congregational church. Um, so I learned Bible stories 
I volunteered in the nursery, though, I'll confess, and do in Sunday school classes because I didn't like the church services. I thought they were boring. <laughs> but I liked the people, right? You know, I liked coffee hour. And I liked all, we did a lot of special events like, um, you know, church fairs at Christmas and stuff. And when I hit high school, I really wanted to go to CYO because that's where all my friends went. And um, they had the cuter boys and <laughs> they did more fun things. <laughs> But my parents wanted me to go, you know, to the church they wanted and stuff. So at 17, when I had the abortion, my faith was really only about church attendance. And that was only because my parents made me go. Like, I didn't yet know God. And I thought he would be like my parents. And so I wasn't interested in having someone else tell me what to do. So that's kind of where I was going into that. Okay. So were you pro-life then? I was pro-life. If you had asked me, I'm not sure I knew that term back then, but if you had asked me, like, would you ever have an abortion? I would have said, absolutely not. And I just, um, but here's the thing. I didn't do what I needed to do to keep myself from basically getting pregnant. I was making several bad choices that ended up with the consequence of an unwanted pregnancy. So when we're pro you know, when we're pro-life and we don't want to have an abortion or a child at that point, we need to make choices that won't lead us there by accident. You know, for me, I wanted a boyfriend and I didn't want to have sex before marriage. I didn't believe in that either. Um, but I started hanging out with some wrong people. I started partying. I started dating older guys, this older guy in a rock band. And I got caught up in all of that stuff. So I wasn't even able to stand up for what I believed in. And that's what really basically, those were my, that was my bad in leading me to being date raped. I, you know, I don't call that my fault, but I did put myself in some places so through these situations, I started to believe things that weren't true, these lies. There was like this accusing voice um, going through my mind saying things like, if you want to have a boyfriend, you have to have sex. Now I know that's not true. And it's a lie because I've had plenty of boyfriends that I didn't have sex with. But that accusing voice told me things like, who cares? You're not a virgin anymore. So it doesn't really matter how many times or how many guys. And once again, there are consequences when we give into wrong thinking. So I got pregnant. And when my boyfriend left town, it was harder for me to make a decision based on what I believed. At the time, I looked at the pregnancy as a problem I needed to solve. So a series of bad decisions led me to the biggest regret of my life. And I learned the lesson that if I am pro-life, I need to make better choices for myself way before I end up with an unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. I um, always tell that to teens because especially when we're talking about chastity and being pro-life yeah. and absence and all that stuff, you know, obviously the topic of rape will come up and yes. uh, I've, ha I've had a ton of friends be like, well, if God wanted me to, to wait for marriage, then he wouldn't have let this happen. And oh. I have to tell people like, you know, the virtue is chastity, not virginity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So oh, what happened yes. when you were um, in this position? So you found yourself yeah. pregnant. What happened? I found myself pre pregnant and I told my boyfriend and he promised to be there. 
Um, but then he got on a plane and he moved out of state. And so I was like, I, I was floored. I was so shocked. I, my parents and I didn't have a great relationship at that point. They really didn't know what to do with me. And, you know, they were naive. My dad had actually said to me at one point, you scare us. And I don't know what I'd do if you got pregnant. And so when I found out that I was, and I'm totally not blaming my dad either, um, you know, but these are the things that went through my thought process as I made my choice, right? And I, I didn't want my parents to tell me what to do. I didn't want them punishing me or telling other people. And I thought they would just add more stress to the situation. And then I thought things like, I can afford to have a baby. I can't do it by myself. And now I see a lot of my thinking wasn't true. Um, now, this sounds strange, but, but then I had no idea there were pregnancy centers that support women in every way possible. Like they help you no matter what your decision is. They're filled with volunteers like me who know what it's like. And they throw baby showers for girls who decide to keep their babies, right? Yeah. But see, I didn't reach out and tell many people. I just tried to figure it out on my own. And I didn't know about options. And the lie that drove me to the abortion clinic was this is the only thing that I can do. So did your parents find out? They, years later, that was part of my healing and telling them. And of course, they are were heartbroken. You know what I mean? Would have loved to have that grandbaby. And, you know, thank God we did learn to have a much better relationship and you know, of course, they were, they didn't respond in any of the ways I thought they would. But of course, it was years later. So um, yeah, but yeah, my dad still reminds me that he would love to have had a lot more grandchildren. <laughs> God bless him. I know. <laughs> well, um, sorry, that totally threw me off. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so, so did you yes. go to the abortion clinic by yourself then? I went with a friend. Everybody else that was there either had their boyfriend or had their mom. But I had a friend who bravely came with me and um, sat there for the whole day. Yeah. So can you share with us what happened? Um, was there anything that surprised you about the actual abortion? Something that maybe you weren't prepared for? Did you even know the the, I guess how far along were you? And did you, was it explained to you what was going to happen? Yeah, it was. Um, okay. So I, this is really weird, but it's part of, I, again, I really think it was a God thing. Cause how could I have known this? I knew the second that I conceived, I knew it. And I eventually, um, you know, went and had to go get tested when I called an abortion clinic and, um, yeah, so it was just a really weird experience. I, this sounds stupid, but I wanted to get in as soon as possible because sadly at that point, I was just seeing it as a problem I needed to, to solve. And so, and something in me felt like the sooner, the better it would be not as bad somehow. Again, I just had all these weird thoughts. And so I did go and, um, it was really weird. There was just, there was, there was a lot of surprises, actually. They kind of make it sound like it's like going to get your tooth out, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. it's not. <laughs> and at 17, I didn't know how dangerous an abortion could be. Like um, you, the procedure and just, you know, they act like you just move on with your life. Well, 
I didn't know about all the pain and how much it would hurt after. I didn't know about all the blood that I would lose. Like it was scary watching that for a week. And I didn't know what was normal because I was too afraid to tell anyone. And even if I had the courage to tell, I didn't know who could or would help me. And I also didn't know that, you know, having had an abortion has just leaked into so many other parts of my life. I mean, from then on out, it's not one and done. You know, it influenced my future relationship with the men in my life. And I never did end up having kids. You know, people sometimes say, oh, it's okay. You'll still be, a, you know, you'll be a mom. No, uh-uh. And I, and it did directly, it was connected to all that. So for me, it was nothing like having a tooth out and never thinking about it again. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want to, I don't know how to ask this question. So I might just yeah, talk yeah. to you there with the, yeah. the vacuum. Cause I, I read, I was yes. listening to your, yeah. I, yes. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yes. That is the one thing. I mean, it's so brutal because you're laying there. And here was the weird thing with my experience is again, I was a partier and I liked getting high at the time. So they gave me this drug that made me feel the best I had ever felt in my life at the time that I still feel like it was the worst thing I ever did. So talk about a mind twisting experience. And I went with the cheaper version because, you know, I was 17 and someone was helping me. So I was awake during the whole thing. And, um, and that's what I remember laying there. Some nurse was talking to me as if, you know, oh, what are you going to do next week? And again, I was just like, how can you be laying here just pretending nothing's happening? When I could see this man's head down between my legs, I could smell the alcohol. I knew what was going on. I knew that was a baby. Like all these things they tell you these days, it's tissue, it's whatever. Like, no, I don't know. I just didn't buy any of that. I knew what I was doing. And to hear that vacuum, like vacuuming it out of you. I don't know if you've seen that movie Unplanned, you know, by Abby Johnson. And just Mm -hmm. that they can always watch in the CAT scans. And the babies are always trying not to be vacuumed out. Yeah. Yeah. My heart breaks for your 17-year-old self. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when did you begin realizing that you needed to take steps for healing? What what was it like even just like the next day or when you got home? Like how did, uh, what did the, the next week look yeah. like? Yeah, the next week looked like, again, trying to not let anyone find out what happened. You know what I mean? Like it was pain. It was all that blood. It was all those things going on and just trying to act like nothing was wrong. And in my school, Uh, what I found out is I was preparing to get it. It was like a form of birth control. It was so sad how many people I met who had done that, but nobody was being there for each other and helping. And, and so it was just more about moving on, you know, moving on with how to just, you know, keep going. So I, I just stopped talking about it. I started doing more drugs. I was um, probably more promiscuous in a weird way. And Um, I mean, I didn't even, when I moved away, you know, I I moved away pretty quick to go to college and just get out of there and start over. And I didn't tell my best friend for like 25 years. Yeah. So the healing didn't come. It took a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 
So when did you begin realizing that you needed to take these steps for you? Well, it was really a God thing. Like at first what happened um, is I ran from God right after the abortion. Again, I pulled away from my faith because I had a feeling that wasn't something God would want me to do. And, um, but I didn't know how very much God loves every single one of us, no matter what we've done. I thought he'd be mad at me. And I wanted to do what I wanted to do at that point. So I didn't, I just didn't know how amazing having God in my life would be until years later. And this is leading up to how I I got healing. I was, um, so I know this sounds like a big leap to go from 17. And then years later, I'm working on a sailboat in the Caribbean. And I know, so it was like (laughs) a flash forward. But it took all those things in between um, to get my attention from God. And he's the one who knew I needed the healing. So I've written this book called Marry Me, One Woman's Incredible Adventure with God. And and if anyone's interested, it's on Amazon. And it fills in all these details because there's, um, you know, much longer stories, of course, to what we're talking about today. And I do go into the process of the date rape and the abortion, not to be graphic, but to help readers who also struggle in these ways. But on that sailboat in the Caribbean, I thought we were going to drown. And God not only spared me from dying, but he met me right where I was. And he saved my life in every way possible. Like not just physically and spiritually, but it, that's when the emotional healing started. Um, through another tough experience, he helped me to understand that I needed that healing. And he showed me that I was struggling to forgive someone because I hadn't forgiven myself. And I was like, for what? And that was when he said the word we never said, right? I By then I'd been hanging out with him for a good couple of years. And he said the abortion. And he um, nudged me to take a class at my church. It was called the Wounded Heart. And then another one at my local pregnancy center called Forgiven and Set Free. And through both of these classes, I found so much healing from the date rape and the abortion. Um, As I told my story to the couple of people, one class was really small, just three of us, and one was a, a, you know, a few more, but I began to process all the emotions and the thoughts and I forgave myself and I forgave the man who left me pregnant and I could feel for the others in the group in places where I couldn't yet feel for myself. And that helped me learn how to do it. And ironically, the biggest and most important thing I got to know was how much God really loved me through the very worst thing that I've ever done, even still. Were you able to forgive the, the man who date raped you? It was, was it the same guy? No. And okay. this was wild. Okay, again, in this book, all these stories that I'm that I'm telling you were called the stories I wasn't going to tell, right? I was going to write my book about, you know, being in the Caribbean on a sailboat. Yeah, <laughs> not, not <about laughs> the adventure date story. Rape. <laughs> date rape and abortion and all the process that it took. But step by step, that became part of my healing. Because there's something super powerful about naming what happened to you. So even if you just write something in a journal and you go out in the backyard and burn it, that's healing because it's putting to words what happened, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, I put all my thoughts and feelings into a whole book (laughs) and published it. I'm like, really, God? (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, if I knew that's where we were going with it from the beginning, I'm not sure that, that you know, we did. He was so delicate and took me step by step. And, um, and it was just really amazing. He started to take me back to the five hardest relationships of my life to face those people and forgive them in person. Wow. Like the guy who date raped me. And I'm not suggesting this for everyone. What I'm suggesting is follow God, right? Because he knows how you specifically need your healing. But for me, it was so wild. He actually tracked me down on Facebook. And, um, and I did stand up for myself and say, hey, you know, what happened? You know, and so we ended up, it was probably a couple years after that, but we met at a Panera. I brought a friend with me. And um, he apologized and he too speaks out for purity for his grandkids. And it was just, I couldn't have planned that, you know, in a million years, it was yeah. a giant miracle of healing, but so he but had it wasn't... also gone through this transformation then. Yes. Yes. And so, so it's just amazing to me, like, and the healing process doesn't stop, right? Like recently I got a, a chance to speak at a care net pregnancy banquet and this older woman came up to tell me that she'd had an abortion and never told anyone else before. Like I was the first person she told me and I felt so privileged, but also so sad that she'd carried the burden for so long. Right. Because there just, there is healing for us and we need healing. Right. When we've gone through, and you know, any of these things, life just makes us have a place where we need healing. <laughs> yeah. oh, amen. Right. <laughs> Well, a lot of people are talking about their abortion experiences these days. And I think it's uh, been like a really big help to the pro-life movement and having people like yeah. you speak up and share their experiences. What is something that you think people aren't talking about enough, though? Yes. And again, that's exactly I think I said this to you before we started recording. I love what you are doing because we all have different pieces to the puzzle, right? Like none of us have all the answers, but you putting all these podcasts together where we can all bring the pieces that we have learned and share them makes a bigger picture. And, um, and I don't want your listeners or anyone else to have the regrets that I have. Um, after everything that happened, like I said, I never did get married or have kids like I'd always planned on doing. So many of friends, my friends are grandmothers. And, you know, when Mother's Day rolls around, it can be pretty lonely. And all those lies I believed, now I can see how they weren't true. I could have had my baby. I could have kept her or given her up for adoption. Um, you know, having an abortion is a one-time thing that always affects other things in your life. It, you know, it becomes a dark place in your heart if you don't deal with it. And it becomes something that's always painful until you find healing. But the good news is that there is healing. And that's what a lot of people don't tell you, that um, if you've been through it, you need healing. Yeah, on many levels, probably. Right. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. of healing, I want to talk about um, the date rape a little bit more, if that's okay with yes. you. Because yes, I, of course. As you know, I work with a lot of teens and every time, every, almost every time that I give a pro-life presentation, it's like, a, okay, yes, we're pro-life, but what about the exception of rape? And I think it's always with the good intention. They don't want to put a victim 
of rape through something so emotional and so painful, something forced upon them. Yeah. Um, and I know that you didn't become pregnant from the rape. Yeah. But what would you say as a response to these teens? Yes, you do always hear this. This is almost like a biggest excuse for abortion, I think, right? Here's the thing. I know that I am always blown away at the amazing stories of women who have been raped and gave birth to the child. And I wish I'd had the courage to do the same. Being conceived was not the baby's fault, right? And even though I didn't want a child at the time, there were so many others who would have taken her, others who would have helped me you know, at the clinic to get from offering my baby to a couple who wanted her. And then I could have blessed them with the child and given my baby a chance at life. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's the kind of, the side to the story, I think, I, I didn't think of when I used to say those same things that those girls you're talking to would say. And now having been there, um, yeah, I just wish I'd had the courage to do that myself. You have been saying her. Can you share how you know that? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, um, again, that's another part I, I put in my book. It was really amazing. Um, what began the healing was a chance to go um, with God out and just talk to him. That's how we kind of started my awareness that day. And when I went out and sat with him, Oh, my word, I was just horrified, right? Because I originally thought um, my child would be mad at me. Like, he was explaining to me that my baby's with him in heaven. And I said, um, you know, is it a girl or a boy? And, um, and again, this was so weird. But I think I even knew that way back when. And um, he told me it was a girl. And I said, you know, is she mad at me? And he's like, we don't, we don't have man in heaven. And, um, and then I said, what's her name? And he said, um, you're her mom. What's her name? And I just, I, I was so shocked that he still gave me the privilege of naming her. And again, all the way back at that time, I think I, I had this name in my mind. I think I had named her when I was 17. Ashley Dawn. And I just knew immediately that was her name. And it just, it was just amazing to, I think a lot of the programs that, that take you through, in fact, I know that the one that I went through was called Forgiven and Set Free. And what they did was exactly the things that God had done with me that day. And I had no idea, right? Like I just, he just prepares me a lot because he knows sometimes I need that, you know, a little heads yeah. up. So I spent probably four hours with him out on this, um, looking at the water one time, just weeping. And you know how when you cry so hard, you, um, I fell asleep, you know, and I woke up mm -hmm. and my eyes were plastered together and everything was, and that was when he said, you know, well, and I was like, well, what? And he's like, you know, do you forgive this other person? And I'm like, oh my word. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's easy right <laughs> but again it was just so powerful to see when we hold on you know when I hadn't forgiven myself I couldn't forgive that was such a huge lesson and became easier to move forward in the healing process yeah I got goosebumps I, I that was that was beautiful God's so good mm, he's so amazing he's so amazing 
um, what I usually tell teens is we don't heal a trauma with a trauma. Um, no. And at the clinic, we have heard that women that have experienced, you know, rape and then abortion, they now in their mind have two anniversaries. They have the the day of the rape oh. and they have the day of the abortion and the two anniversaries remind each other of the other. So I think, yes. oh. you know, there are two different healings that have to happen. It's the post-abortion healing and one for the rape. Um, but I think that that's also important to address the rape, even if someone isn't pregnant. I know a lot of absolutely. People. So, what are words of comfort and advice to a rape victim who needs to begin? Um, yeah, in process. Oh, sweet baby, I'm so sorry. I know our stories are not the same, but I feel for you. And yes, we want healing for you. We want to cheerlead you into the healing that you need. We wish we could be right there next to you and hug you and hear your story because you need to tell it. It's okay. It's okay that some parts you might have, you know, again, I know some of the things I did were my, I wish I did them differently, but it's not your fault, you know? And I wish we could help you walk through the healing because it's there for you. And I, I do understand that you may be afraid to talk about this. I get it. I didn't, like I said, I didn't talk about my abortion for 25 years. I didn't even tell my best friend. Um, so these days I write about that on my website. I, I put prayers there for you and bits of my story about being date raped in the hopes of helping others that need to put their stories to words. And I've got a post called Five Steps to Healing After an Abortion and I write about how you be can begin a relationship with God so he can help you too. So number one, I would invite you to my website, elizabethbbristol.com. And um, we can put that in the show notes too. Um, the words of comfort and advice that I have for you is to let God help you. He loves you so very much. And you will learn that by doing this. When I reached out to God, I started to hear other thoughts that weren't my own. I knew they weren't my own because they just weren't the way things that I would think or I would have done. They weren't accusing like those other thoughts. There's something very different and very loving about God's words. And he connected me with the people that he did. And he gave me the courage to share my story and confess my bad and own what was not my fault and forgive others and myself. And I saw how drastically it changed my life for the better. And so that's how I wanted the same for others. And in that process, this is wild, but God led me to go back to school to get a counseling degree. And my teacher turned out to be the author of the book, The Wounded Heart, that I was telling you about. Oh my God. So, right? Full I mean, only God, can, <laughs> only God can do right? that. So that is what I pray for each one of you going through this, that God would lead you to a safe place where you can meet with whoever he has handpicked for you, whether it's a group or a counselor or a mentor, someone that can love on you. And the Bible tells us that God promises to work all things together for our good. And he can do it even with this. So, Lord, I ask you to do that with each woman listening today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Elizabeth, yeah. beautiful, beautiful soul. I'm so Aww. happy that we got to, to talk. 
Do you have any last words to to somebody um, who needs to start this journey? I mean, I feel like you just covered it all, but um, (laughs) any any last words? I just, I think about if anyone, you know, the one takeaway, if you forgot everything else, (laughs) I I trust God to, to do what he needs to in each one of us. But I would just, again, um, yes, it's so important to me. He tells me this all the time. Whenever I get to speak somewhere, he'll say, don't forget. And I'll say, don't forget what? Don't forget to tell them. And I'm like, oh my, how did I forget? Like, what, what? don't forget what? And he'll say that I love them. And it's just, he loves us more than anyone else actually could, you know? And even, and that's really, oddly enough, that is what I learned um, in the midst of the healing from having an abortion that he can and will forgive us of anything. He forgave me immediately. He wept with me. He showed me his payment by dying on the cross right through this very situation and healed me. And then he taught me how to make better choices. And that's what I know he wants to do for each one of these listeners that that, that you have. I mean, that's part of what why you get to do this, Sammy. And um, again, I'm just grateful to be here with you today. And I thank each one of our listeners for staying tuned and listening today. Thank you so much for your yeah. yes to what God had in store for you. I mean, it was it's quite the I mean, I, I want to buy your book. Um, it's it's beautiful how god can turn beauty from ashes it's amazing it's amazing yeah awesome well thank you so much for for joining me thank you sammy god bless you thank you bye